With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Give honor to God and all the saints. Thanking God for the privilege of prayer. Thanking God to be able to come together and exalt and praise his holy name. Thank you, God, for all you've done, all you're going to do. Thank you, God, for my nephew being here with us, having a listening ear. Thank you, God, for bringing him some Amen. Some terrific stuff that he's been through. Thank you, God, for allowing him to know about this program because I pity the people that don't know. Thank you, God, for putting Wahida's son in a better situation, a more appreciative situation. We bind and rebuke that spirit of ungratefulness, that spirit of insult and being mean, that demon spirit that's mind control. We bind it. We rebuke it. We send it to the pit of hell. I thank you, Lord, for Miss Macy. I thank you, God, for the opening the doors of heaven for her, letting her book come along. I thank you, God, for letting us get the information we need tonight. God, I just praise you. I give you all the praise and the glory, God, I bring before us this week we have coming before us. God, every plot and plan of the enemy, we denounce it. We send it back to the pit of hell. We ask that your sovereign power rule over each one of our lives, that you guide and direct our path, which way to go, what to do. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to send your warrior angels to watch over each and every one on this line, all of the listeners, downloaders, participants. Lord, those that we left, we ask that we lost, we ask you, Lord, to have them with you, to have them rest in peace. I call my mother blessed, my sister blessed, my father blessed. Lord, my whole family, these people killed. This is so much to deal with. I call Macy's mother blessed, while he was father blessed, and all the T.I. that died along Thank the you, way, God, God, that they may the rest with you. May they be with you, God. May your warrior angels protect them. And, Lord, you know, I, I live for the day that we all could come back again, I, uh, um, see them again. I ask you, God, to give us revelation on each of these murders, these killings. Give us revelation so that we can stop this that this stuff, this eugenics program, hospital killings, um, poisonings, uh, infestations, infectious diseases, uh, uh, all of this stuff, Lord, we ask you, God, to just re- to take this thing off the earth. Use your people, Heavenly Father. We, nothing can be done without you, Heavenly Father. Nothing can be done without your people taking initiatives. I thank you, God, for the lesson, the Bible study lesson we have tonight. It is how God works through us, how God works through human beings. Lord, we ask you to put people of power, put put godly people in leadership positions to rule over these states. I bind and rebuke governor, governor rulership that is against God's will, that is satanic. I bind it. I rebuke it. I send it to the pit of hell. I ask you, Heavenly Father, to put godly people in our governorship, in our senatorship, in all three branches of government. I plead the blood of Jesus over the judicial branch of government, the executive branch of government, and the legislative branch of government. 
that every demon in there trying to do the work of Satan, that they will be yanked out, that God's people will exercise the authority the Bible tells us we have over demon forces, that we will no longer just sit here and hope the next person does it, that these mega millionaire ministers will move into politics on behalf of doing God's work and taking retaking this earth from demon forces. We come against demon forces trying to usurp authority they do not have on this earth. God, we praise you. We magnify your name, Lord. We thank you, God, for knowledge of spiritual warfare. You cannot fight an earthly battle uh, um, uh, a spiritual battle with earthly means. We can't pull out grenades and shoot these demons and this and that, Lord. So we have to come before you through prayer. We come through the spiritual realm, which they're using the spiritual realm. And we thank you, God, that just God's power is all sovereign, omniscient, omnipresent, that these demons can only try to mimic and deceive people and mimic God's power and deceive people. We bind and we rebuke and we come together to expose the, the works of Satan that they do not have power as God does. So God, we thank you. You brought us through this week, Lord. You didn't have to do it, but you did. We are in the land of the living and we give you the, all the praise and the honor. And we ask you, God, to keep us this week coming before us. Every plot of the enemy will be destroyed in the name of Jesus. We believe prayer changes things. Every plan of the enemy, God, is to go to the pit of hell that it belongs. Everything we choose to get done this week, productive work will get done. We will advance the kingdom of God. We will advance your work through us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, God, for Wahida's son, Progress. He's still on planet Earth, and we thank you, Heavenly Father, for sending angels around him, Heavenly Father, and changing his disposition. God, we just give you the praise and the glory. I ask you, Lord, to protect my nephew, cover him from head to toe, guide him, direct him, Lord. Everything he sets out to do to accomplish his destiny on this Earth, let it come into play. My other nephew, God, protect him, Haru Scott, in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus on him, cover him with your blood. I decree and declare that both of these nephews will be men of God, just like Wahida's son will be a man of God in the name of Jesus. Macy's nieces will be women of God. They will be covered by the blood of Jesus. Our bloodline protected God. Prayer changes things. Prayer puts things in place. We decree and declare that our bloodlines will be blessed. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for covering us. We bind and rebuke any type of untimely death, any type of plant, plot and plan of Satan uh, induce injuries. We bind up that shaking demon on EJ. We bind up this leg demon on me trying to destroy, disable us. Uh, Macy's that, that bra brain targeting, hitting her head, Wahida's spine, leg, all of these injuries, we put them in your hands, God, and we decree and declare that they shall be destroyed, that we will be able to live a life of, uh, of using the body you gave us without interference from demon forces. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight, the topic is God, how God works through us. So that's, we're going to pray, um, Wahida, go ahead and pray, and then we'll go right into our Bible study, how God works through humans. Go ahead, Wahida. Father God, I give you thanks 
Heavenly Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, thank you so much to, to heal us. Heal me, heal my son, my son who is in the hospital. Keep him safe. Be by his side. Protect him. Please don't make nothing go wrong with him. Please don't make nothing covertly happen to him, Father. Wake these people up that are committing these crimes, Father. You give them such knowledge and education and power to be there to, to heal people. Please let them do that to my son. And please let him come out. Of their safe, Father, please keep him safe. Heal him. Heal the pain. Heal the suffering. And bring him out as soon as possible from there. And wake him up. Let him realize what's going on. And don't let him go back there, Father. He keep going through mind control. Left my house so peaceful. I didn't see no pain in him. And he went to the hospital saying he had so much pain. And he didn't, he wasn't showing no sign of pain, Father, you know, you saw. Please let him walk out of there pain-free and let him realize he don't need to go back there. Keep him safe, guide and protect him also, me and my children, Father, and all the TIs, all the good people. Guide and protect us, continue to give us food, shelter, clothing, and our own minds and thoughts. Keep us safe, Father. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you. Amen. Mason, you want to pray? No, not tonight. I will pray late next time, hopefully. Okay, okay, darling. Okay. Thank you. All right. Our topic How does God work through humans? How does God work through us? The word of God tells us you two will be blessed. When God does a special God-sized work through you, you know, God does a special God-sized work through you. He only works through a person for uh, for a, an assignment. There's something that he wants each one of us to do. In this book, earlier I read some of the, the subjects we covered. When God calls his people to join him in a God-sized task, a big task, Guess what is needed? Faith is always required. You can't do nothing that God is calling you to do without faith. And if you don't believe in faith, he'll put you through something and you'll have to believe in faith. When you face a crisis of belief, what you do next reveals what you believe about God. Number three, faith is in a person. Is in God. Faith is confidence that what God has promised or said will come to pass. When God speaks, he reveals what he is going to do, not what he wants you to do for him. When God speaks, he reveals what he is going to do, not what he wants you to do for him. God tells you, if you have faith in God who called you, 
You will obey him and he will bring to pass what he has proposed to do, purpose to do. Obedience indicates your faith in God. With faith, you can confidently proceed to obey him because you know he will accomplish what he what he what he purposes. God works through us. When we obey God, he will accomplish. When we obey God, he will accomplish through us what he has purposed to do. When God does something through our lives that only he can do, you will come to know him more intimately. If you do not obey, you will miss some of the most exciting experiences of your life. When God purposes to do something through you, the assignment will have a God-sized dimension. This is because God wants to reveal himself to you and to those around you. If you can do the work on your own strength, people will not come to know God. However, if God works through you to do what only he can do, you and those around you will come to know him. The God-sized dimensions of an assignment from God create a crisis of belief. You must believe God is who he says he is and that he can and he will do what he says he will do. When we obey God, we must allow him to do what he has said. He is the one who accomplishes the assignment, but he does it through us. Mm. That means the only way this, time, this eugenics program is going to go is going to be through us. That's it. We can't expect him to come from the sky. He uses his people. Moses obeyed, exactly. huh? Exactly. Yeah. That's, Moses. Yeah, that's, that's. yeah. Yeah. Moses obeyed and God accomplished. Only in the act of obedience did Moses begin to experience the full nature of God. Moses could believe in God while having, while living in the wilderness. But he began to dramatically experience God only when he went to Egypt as God has commanded. What he began to know about God grew from his obedience to God. In Moses' life, we can see this pattern of God speaking, Moses obeying, and God accomplishing what he purposed to do. We can read Exodus 7 and 8 but I'm not going to take the time. I'm going to read the summaries. We, uh, we see this pattern throughout Moses' life. God invited Moses to join him in what he was doing to deliver Israel. God told Moses what he was to do. Moses obeyed. God accomplished what he purposed to do. Moses and those around him came to know God more clearly and intimately. When the people stood between the Red Sea and the oncoming Egyptian army, God told Moses to hold his staff over the sea. When Moses obeyed, God parted the sea and the people crossed on dry ground. Exodus 14, 1 through 25. Then Miriam led the people in a hymn of praise describing their new understanding of God. When the people were thirsty and had no water to drink, they complained to Moses. 
God told Moses to strike a rock with the staff. Moses obeyed and God caused water to flow from the rock. Exodus 17, one through seven. We see this pattern in Moses' life again and again. The stages in this pattern of God's working through Moses are are, are evident in the in Exodus, in the book of Exodus. Another example, when Noah obeyed God, when Noah obeyed, God preserved his family and repopulated the earth. When Abraham obeyed, God gave him a son and he built a nation. When David obeyed, God made him a king. When Elijah obeyed, God sent down fire and consumed the sacrifice. Moses came to know God through experience as he obeyed him. These people of faith came to know God by experience when they obeyed him and he accomplished his work through them. The, okay. Okay. Uh, the disciples obeyed and God accomplished. Luke recorded a beautiful experience of Jesus' disciples that follows the same pattern. Jesus invited 70 disciples to join him in the Father's work. They obeyed and they experienced God doing through them something only God can do. When we obey God, he will accomplish through us what he has proposed to do. God wants to reveal himself to us and those around us. We will be blessed when God does a special God-sized work through us. We need to be careful that any testimony about what God has done gives glory only to him. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Right, like we can't take credit when God does great things. Jesus gave the, his followers specific directions. They obeyed him and they experienced God working through them to heal people and cast out demons. Jesus told them that their salvation should bring more joy than the submission of the spirits. Jesus praised God the Father for revealing himself to those followers. Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear it, what you hear but did not hear it. Luke 10, 23. These disciples had been especially chosen by God to be involved in his work. What they saw, heard, and came to know about God was something even prophets and kings wanted to experience but could not. These disciples were truly blessed. You will be blessed when God does a special God-sized work through you. You will come to know him in a way that will bring joy to your life. When other people see you experiencing God the way they, that way, they will want to know how they can experience God that way too. Be prepared to point them to God. If we are obedient, God will accomplish wonderful things through us. We will need to be careful that any testimony about what God has done gives glory only to God. 
you know, because when people, a lot of people, when they get success and when, you know, God bless them, they like, oh, I, I, I got this because of me. I got it because of my education. I got it because of this, you know, and they're making it clear. Remember when you're blessed, who, who did, who, who caused that blessing? You didn't do it on your own. Okay. We will want to declare the wonderful deeds of the Lord, but we must avoid any sense of pride. Therefore, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. 1 Corinthians one thirty-one. We must come to know God. God reveals himself to his people by what he does. When God works through us, to accomplish his purposes, we come to know him by experience. We also come to know him when he meets a need in our life. In this, in, in this book, we learn that in scripture, God's names indicate ways. He has revealed himself to humanity. In scripture, when God did something through obedient people, they came to know him in new and more intimate ways. For example, Exodus 31, Judge, Judges 6.24, God revealed his personal name to Moses. He said, I am who I am. When God became flesh and made his dwelling among us, Jesus experienced himself to his disciples by saying, I am. Jesus identified himself with the I am, the name of God revealed to Moses as the bur at the burning bush, and the Old Testament knowing and experiencing Jesus in these ways requires that you that we believe in him. We must have, have faith. For instance, when he says to you, I am the way, what we do next in our relationship with him will determine whether we come to experience him as the way of our lives. When we believe in him, we must adjust our lives to God and obey what he says next. You, we come to know and experience him in the way. This is true about everything God reveals to us day by day. The word of God says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the true vine. God reveals himself to his people by what he does. So why does God seem to work so slow in my life, in our lives? Good question. Why does God seem to work so slow in our lives? God will never give us an assignment he will not enable us to complete. So it may seem slow, but if he gave you the assignment, which this is an assignment fighting this eugenics, you know, if he gave us this assignment, it says God will never give us an assignment he will not enable us to complete. He will make a, he will make a way for us to, to complete the assignment. Why does God seem to work so slow in our lives? Let's see. My lighting is not too bright. Jesus had been with his disciples about three years when he said, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when 
he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. John 16, 12. Jesus had more. He wanted to teach them, but they were not ready to receive it. Jesus understood, however, that the Holy Spirit would continue to guide them into the truth according to God's timetable. We may be saying, God, hurry up, make me mature. And God is saying, I'm moving just as fast in your life as you will allow me. When you are ready for your next lesson, I will bring a new truth into your life. We must ask ourselves these questions. Are we responding to all God is already leading us to do? Have we obeyed all we already know to be his will? Do we really believe he loves us and will always do what is best and right? Are we willing to patiently wait on his timing and to obey everything we know to do in the meantime? What do you think God sometimes, why do you think God sometimes works slowly in a person's life as he matures in him or her? Anybody? Question. Why do you think God sometimes works slowly in a person's life as we mature? Why do you think God works slowly? Let me give my, my perspective. So I believe sometimes God works slowly because there are lessons to be learned in the fire. The lessons we have learned from becoming a, you know, in the, dealing with being a human research experiment is beyond words. There are things we've learned that we would have never learned. We would, because, you know, like everybody else, they're gallivanting across the earth, partying, having a good time. You're not learning. You're not growing. This program teaches you uh, 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 patience. This program teaches you faith. This program teaches you, you know, uh, you better have a supreme God because this is a program that kills people. So it teaches us sometimes the tests, trials, and tribulation teaches us to uh, to either basically become better or bitter, and we make that decision. Uh, Macy, tell me, what do you think? Why do you think God sometimes works slowly in our lives? Macy Wahida. EJ? Hello? Can you guys hear me? Everybody sleep? Yes, yes. Yes, I hear you. Okay, why does God work slow? Why do you think God sometimes works slowly in a person's life? Because we have to, we have to build uh, our faith and maybe we are not where he wants us to be. So we get to where he wants us to be and then we, we accept willingly to do what he's asking us to do. 
reveals our faith. Right. Sometimes he's got to break us down because we're still kind of hard headed. Oh, I don't want to do. I want to do this. I, yeah. Even myself. I was. I, I. You know. You thought you were going to be an engineer forever. I thought I was going to be yeah. the best ESL teacher. I had to surrender. Right. All right, God. All right. All right. All right. You want me to be a Bible teacher? You want me to whatever you want, whatever you want, because I cannot take this program. Right. Right. It's sometimes, you know, a spirit of humility, like, okay, I just had to, I had to say whatever you want, God. I don't even know if it's Bible teacher. I believe he wants me to do something bigger and better, but I'm just, I'm, I'm humbly taking my first assignment. Yes. And that doesn't mean he didn't want me to continue to be an ESL teacher, but I think he had more. Sometimes right. we look little things, you know, being a security guard or being a, you know, a, a, a cook, a chef or, or, you know, and God has much bigger plans. But yes. we can't, you can't get to the plans unless you go through some fires. And that's why even many ministers that, you know, they become a minister and they have no experience. They didn't go through anything. They get that fame and fortune you know, and they fall, they fall down. But when you've been through something, you can appreciate when God brings you to a certain place. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I know all of us, from what we've been through, God takes us to a certain place. We are just not going to do things that we would have done had we not gone through this experience, this program. Hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. But it's so very painful what we have gone through. Very painful. But you're very right. Very, very right. Right. Yes. Wahida, are you here? Wahida. They knocked her out. Let me see. Melvin, you here? Hello. Yes, Wahida. Yes, I'm here. I All couldn't right, so find the page. I couldn't find the page. You know. Why do the, you think the... God sometimes works slowly in our lives? Um, for me, I think this program. Who are you talking to, me, Miriam? Yes, dear. Yeah, I think that the program is in my family for a hundred and some years. And he was working slowly in the family. No one wake up, like try to show them what's going on, you know. And I think he chose me to know what was going on. And after the hospitalization and they, they messed my body up, my joints and everything, you know, at the end of it, he, he let me see part of it. And from that point, things were happening. And, you know, he, he lead me onto YouTube to see everything. A lot of people going through it. But my family, he um he's chosen me. And he chosen me to, to expose this with medical. And, and it's something started starting from your neighborhood, organized crimes. You know, criminal, um, organized trafficking, 
sexually abused electronically and stuff. A whole bunch of things I, I get to see, you know, and observe right. and happening to me. <laughs> and the and average person Right. And God chose to um wake me up from from the hospital. He said that's too much what they did, you know, and they continue doing. So he chose me. And I I'm a very kind person, you know. So why, why do and, you um, think he went slowly? Um, I think, you know, he they were doing it for the whole family and nobody like they never realized <laughs> that, you know, something some like people in your government and, and people, ordinary people have technologies can do this to you. So he, he I think what they did to me, they tried to, you know, get rid of me and he he showed me before they wake me up from the anesthesia that I did not know or give consent to. And he showed me a little before he he make me they woke me up from it. And from that point, you know, he keep showing me everything, what's going on, you know, leading the videos day. and everything. Right. Okay. And the so, things and that I'm seeing in the videos is happening to me and my kids and my family, my generation, you know. Okay. All right. So it says here, why do we think God sometimes works slowly in a, in our lives? Grass that is here today and gone tomorrow does not require much time to mature. A big oak tree that lives fit for generation requires much more time to develop. Again, a big oak tree that lives for generations requires much more time to develop. God is concerned about our lives through eternity. We must allow him to take all the time he wants to shape us for his purposes. Larger assignments require longer periods of preparation. Lord have mercy. If you, if you we in this program, again, larger assignments require longer periods of preparation. Mm. Would you be willing for God to take all the time he requires to prepare you for the assignment he has purposed for your life? Again, would you be willing for God to take all the time he requires to prepare you for the assignment he has purposed for your life? If so, write a prayer to God and let him know that you're ready. So, why doesn't God give me a big assignment? God might say to you, you are asking me to involve you in my great work, but I am trying to get you simply to understand how to believe me. I can't give you that assignment yet. God has to lay some basic foundations in our lives before we are ready for the larger task. Have we ever said something like, Lord, if you just give me a great assignment, I will serve you for all I'm worth? God might respond, I really want to, but I can't. If I can't, if I gave you the kind of assignment, you would never be able to handle it. You're just not ready. Then we may argue, Lord, I'm able. I can handle it. Just try me. Do you remember any of the disciples who bought, who thought they were able to handle a bigger assignment? On the night before Jesus' crucifixion, Peter said, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, 
before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. Is it possible he also knows exactly what you would do? Trust him. Do not insist that God gives you something you think you're ready for. That could lead to your ruin. God is far, far more interested in, in accomplishing his kingdom purposes than we are. He will move us into every assignment he knows we are ready for. Let God orientate us to himself. The servant does not tell the master what kind of task he wants. The servant waits on his masters for the assignment. Be patient and wait. Waiting on God should not be an idle time for you. Let God use times of waiting to mold and shape your character. Let God use those times to purify your life. Wow. And to make you a clean vessel for his service. As we obey God, as we obey him, God will prepare us for the assignment that is suitable for us. Any task, however, that comes from the maker of the universe is important. Don't use human standards to measure the importance or value of the task God gives. What is happening when I obey and the doors close? What is happening when I obey and the doors still close? Suppose you sense God's call to task, a place or an assignment. You're about to do it, but everything goes wrong. Often people say, I guess that was not God's will. God calls you into a relationship with him. Be careful how we interpret circumstances. Many times we jump to conclusions too quickly. God is moving us in one direction to tell us what he is about to do. We immediately jump to our own conclusions about what he is doing because our reasoning sounds logical. We start following the logic of our own thinking and then nothing seems to work out. We tend to ignore our relationship with God and take things into our own hands. Don't do that. Most of the time when God calls us or gives us a direction, he's not calling us to do something for him. He's telling us what he is about to do where, where we are. For instance, God told Paul he was going to reach the Gentiles through him. God, not Paul, was going to reach the Gentiles. Paul was the vessel. Paul started to go in one direction and the spirit prevented him. He started to go in another direction again. The spirit stopped him. What was God's original plan? To reach the Gentiles. What was Paul's problem. He was trying to figure out what he ought to do and the door of opportunity closed. Did the door close? No. God was saying, listen to me, listen to me. Paul, go and sit in Trous until I tell you where you are supposed to go. In Trous, Paul received a vision to go to Macedonia. What was happening? God's plan was to turn the gospel to the west towards Greece and Rome. God was at work in Philippi and wanted Paul to join him. When we begin to obey God and circumstances seem to, to close doors of opportunity, we should go back to God and clarify what God said. Better yet, 
always try to make sure exactly what God is saying on the front end of a sense of a call. Most often, he is not calling us to a task, but to a relationship with him. Through that relationship, through that relationship, he will do something through our lives for his kingdom. If we start in a direction and then everything seems to come to a halt, we must go back and clarify what God said. Do not abandon what God said. Clarify what he said. We should read about a couple who sense God's call to student work. Watch for instructions on what to do when we begin to move in the direction we sense God is leading. But circumstances close the door. Okay, I uh, it said. Well, let me let me go over some of this. God is far more interested in the key points. God God is far more interested in accomplishing His kingdom purposes than we are. In Acts sixteen six ten, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troth. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging, and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave from Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So everything starts basically with the relationship with God. When things seem to go wrong, we should clarify what God said and identify what may have been our additions to what he said. Sometimes we add stuff. We, when things seem to go wrong, keep obeying what God has told you. When things seem to go wrong, let him work out the details in his timing. When things seem to go wrong, do all you know to do. When things seem to go wrong, wait on the Lord until he tells you what to do next. So we're going to close out with this. We're going to close out here. Um, we'll close out. God's great task is to adjust his people to himself. So his goal is to change us, basically, to build character. And the only way to build character is to really be tried, to go through some some tests. I know I wouldn't be the person I am without this sick program. So what the devil meant for bad, God will use for good. It takes time for God to shape us, to be exactly what he wants us to be. Suppose we sense God is going to do something great because of what he has said to us in his word and in prayer. We sense he is going to do it because of the way circumstances are working out and other believers agree. Then six months pass and we still haven't seen anything significant happening. Don't become negative, depressed, or discouraged. Watch to see what God is doing in us and in the people around us to prepare us for what he is going to do. The key is our relationship with God. It's one o'clock. The key is our relationship with God.
The God who initiates his work in a relationship with us is the one who guarantees to complete it. Amen. Amen. One more part. Wait, I want to read one more part. How can I know whether the word I receive is from God, my selfish desires, or Satan? Again. How can I know whether the word I receive, so let's say you, you're working on communicating with God. Now, how do you know that this is your message is from God, your selfish desires, or Satan? Some people go to much trouble studying Satan ways so they can identify when something appears to be his deception. The author of the book says, I don't do that. I have determined not to focus not to focus on Satan. He is defeated. The one who is guiding us and is present and is presently implementing his will through us is the victor. The only way Satan can affect God's work through us is when we believe Satan and disbelieve God. Satan will always try to deceive us, but he cannot ultimately thwart change what God's purposes are. When Canadian Mounties train officers in an anti-counterfeiting work, they don't let a trainee see a counterfeit bill. Instead, trainees thoroughly study the genuine bill so they can readily identify anything that doesn't measure up to that standard. Wow. So they're saying, like, when people, you know, experts study... um, when experts uh, do did a study, they didn't study the deceptive bill. They studied the authentic. So, in other words, it's better to study God's work than to study, you know, what Satan's work is. How should we approach spiritual warfare with Satan? We must know the ways of God so thoroughly that if something doesn't measure up to God's ways, we will recognize it is not from God and we'll turn away from it. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted. In essence, Jesus said, I understand what you were saying, Satan, but that is not the last word I had from my father. The scripture says in Matthew 4.1, Jesus never debated with Satan. He never analyzed it. He just kept doing the last thing his father told him to do until the father told him what to do next. Our greatest weapon in spiritual warfare is obedience to God's word. First, that's why the relationship with God is critical. When you have a relationship with God, the devil, the devil should not be able to fool you. And if he does fool you, then that just means that you have to keep studying the word of God, studying spiritual warfare. Okay. God's desire is for a relationship. Just remember that his main thing is relationship. I will allow God to take all the time he needs to shape me for his purposes. Any assignment that comes from the maker of the universe is an important responsibility. I will not ignore the relationship and take things into my own hands. Those are the key points of tonight's reading.
Amen. Amen. And amen. Um, amen. Any um. Any uh, comments? Any. Any comments? Comments? You know some. You know. I mean, this was so relevant to what we're going through because the question was, you know, why does God take so long? And it was clear that sometimes God takes a while to answer prayers and to change things for us because he's building character. He's building character. He's, he's, he's building us up for a greater assignment. And if you're targeted, you know, if you're in this program... You know, this, this this assignment is beyond, nobody could do this assignment, okay, this, uh, on their own. Uh, there's a need for an anti-eugenics program. This is global. They're killing people left and right. They're putting people in human research experiments across the world, injuring, creating disabled babies, creating, uh, 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 it, you know, disabled people, just doing foul stuff. Nobody could do this alone. So he's building character. And I, I, I do believe I decree and declare in God's time, this program, this anti, there will be an anti-eugenics movement. You cannot continue making people sick, torturing people, making people suffer for no reason, disabling people, you know, and they for no reason. Oh my God, they were doing it for me. I was sitting on my stair and praying my eyes or something I'm doing so make it make right. me fall in asleep, you know. Oh, okay. All right. Well I'm we're almost done. I'm gonna close with Psalms thirty seven to keep strong. And, you know, please uh, remember the Bible is a book of history, law, revelation, poetry, epistles. That book, is, it's got a little of everything. So from the history point of view, um, Psalms, what is it? I think 37. I'm going to read this because it speaks of, you know, it's a history book with living history and these are words of wisdom from david do not fret because of those who are evil or be envious of those who do wrong for like the grass they soon with they will soon wither away i don't believe the, the the bible could lie i believe this is history they've been evil people on this earth a long time and this is david telling us don't be envious don't fret over this because just like the grass they will soon wither away like green plants, they will soon die away. They will. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the Lord. Enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to God. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before God and wait patiently. Do not fret when people succeed in their evil ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger, turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who wait on the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked will be no more. I stand on God's word. Again, 
a little while and the wicked will be no more. I just ask God to let us each live to see the day that these wicked, these wicked programs, eugenics, electronic torture, shaking, shaking people, um, uh, inducing people in the hospital, hospital killings, electronic, uh, uh, yeah, electronic torture, all of this, this stuff, this wicked plot against the righteous will be destroyed. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked, for he knows their day is coming. The wicked draw the sword and they bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Better the little that a righteous man have than the wealth of many wicked, for the power of the wicked will be broken. But the Lord upholds the righteous. The blameless spend their days under the Lord's care and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. But the wicked will perish through the Lord's, as though the Lord's enemies are like the flowers of the field. They will be consumed. They will go up in smoke. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord bless will inherit the land, but those he cursed will be destroyed. The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he may not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. This is testimony time. This man is saying, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his children begging bread. That just means you live a righteous life. Your children will reap the benefits and everything else. You know, God will provide for your children. You don't, you know, just being, having your, uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and he will not forsake his faithful ones. Wrongdoers will be completely destroyed. The offspring of the wicked will perish. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous utter wisdom and their tongues speak what is just. The law of their God is in their hearts. Their feet do not slip. The wicked lie and wait for the righteous, intent on putting them to death. Mm. But the Lord will not leave them in the power of the wicked or let them be condemned and brought to trial. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt us to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, we'll see it. I have seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a luxurious native tree. And that just means the time right now. This man is testifying. He said, I've seen the wicked flourishing across the earth. This COVID demon, that's an example of the Bible right here, what we're talking about. I have seen the wicked flourishing across this earth. That COVID demon is a man-made virus flourishing, controlling the earth. That's insanity. A man-made virus controlling the earth. That's insanity. But the Bible speaks of it. It says, I have seen the wicked and ruthless flourishing like a luxurious native tree. But eventually it passed away and was no more. He looked for it and it could not be found. Consider the righteous, consider the upright. A future awaits for those who who seek peace. 
All, but all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord holds them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and he saves them because they take refuge in him. That's Psalm 37. So I thank you, Lord, for the reading of that scripture. I thank you, Lord, for that, um, that Bible lesson, taking a look at, you know, having patience, waiting on the Lord and looking at other people in the Bible that had to go through some horrific tests, but yet God brought them through. And the key lesson tonight is develop relationship with God. Once you have that relationship with God, he will direct you to do the work he wants you to do, not the work you want to do. So with that being said, give honor to God and thank you, Lord, for that um, lesson. Any comments? No. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.